This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. I'm Mike Francesa, the Mike Francesa Podcast. You can get it exclusively on the Bet Rivers Network or wherever podcasts are distributed. We welcome in uh, Terry Collins, who you've heard this year doing games and uh, post games and uh, everywhere. The former manager of the Mets who took the Mets to the World Series. Terry, welcome. How are you? Good, Mike. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. You know, it's interesting. It's fascinating September baseball. You know, the Mets have been in first place for 147 days. And everyone talks about, oh, what an easy schedule. I'm not sure it's such a blessing to play these really bad teams that are 20, 25, 30 games under 500 who are bringing kids up who are, who are trying to prove something, who are fresh faces, because in recent weeks, those games have been very hard for the Mets. And, you know, the Nationals, the Pirates, the Cubs, they've given the Mets a hard time. Yeah, they really have, Mike. You know, we used to say it for years that, you know, in September when you're, you're in a position where, you know, your team's not going to be in the playoffs, and so you bring your young guys up, they just bring energy. You know, they're, they're going to the big leagues for the first time, and they're trying to make a statement, trying to show everybody they belong, and they bring huge energy to the ball club, and it picks up the veteran guys that have been on that team. You know, and everybody gets tired this time of year, but everything's late. But, and the other thing is, you know, it's one thing when you play, you know, the real good teams because you're already, you know, there's energy in the ballpark. And, you know, sometimes you play these teams that aren't so good. And, and we used to talk about playing down to their level, you know, you, when you've got a good club, it's, they're just really difficult to keep that energy up uh, at this time of year. And that's why it's, you know, so, so important to have some young life in, in your, on your roster. You know, uh, the Mets have, they've had a terrific season. Uh, it's so important this year to win that division. I mean, and the Braves, who lost last night, if folks didn't realize, to the Giants 3-2. to two, So the Mets have maintained that uh, just very, very slim half game. Uh, you know, if you in the law, I only look at the loss column. So they're one up in the loss column. That's all that matters right now. Braves are going to keep the pressure on. It's so important because the way these playoffs are going to shake out, especially in the National League, where you have really quality teams, it's going to be very important to win this division. So they're going to have to keep the pedal to the metal. And let's be honest, they've had some veteran guys down the stretch here who maybe they're a little tired or they've struggled. I mean, the rough and Vogelback have struggled. A lot of guys have struggled of late and so much has been thrown on the shoulders of Alonzo and Lindor this year. When they don't produce the lineup's just not the same. And key is also Marte. If he's not in the lineup, they're just not the same team. Well, he shows you, Marte shows you how important he is and what yeah, a good very player important. is when, when he's not in there. But, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, you when you have a DH, that DH is supposed to really do a difference for you offensively. He's supposed to be a guy in the middle of your lineup that, you know, produces runs. And, and those two guys, I thought they were really both good pickups. You know, they just haven't done what, certainly what you'd hoped for. But, you know, you're, you're right, Mike. This time of year, you, you guys start to get tired. And, you know, the Mets have been lucky. They haven't had a downtime all year. 
I mean, they fought back. They've had big wins top night after night. And yeah, there's, I mean, you look at the, uh, what, what Alonzo and, and Lindor have done back to back. I mean, yeah. my God, there's 200 RBIs right in the middle of your lineup. And they right play there, so. every day, the two of them. They, they don't miss a game. Every they play day. every single know, and Marte, day. And Marte was one of those guys also. I mean, he's in there all, Brandon Nimmo. I mean, he, they play every day. So, and it's so it's it's certainly a key, but you know what? You, you've got to pass the baton, and it you know when you if you're going to win, you just can't rely on one or two guys all year. It takes all 25 to, to you know to get to the playoffs, and I, I think they're still sitting good. I think that that you know they're going to bounce out of this, just like I was talking. I was down in Miami, and Pete Alonso told me, so you know, Terry, we're going to finish four and two on this road trip, which still is pretty good. And I said, you're right, even though. They weren't necessarily the best teams, but all you got to do is continue to plug away. And, and I think they will. Uh, like you said, they've been solid all year. I think we know they're going to the postseason, and so much has been made about what they do when they get there. And they do have the pitching to beat anybody. I mean, if Scherz is healthy with DeGrom, Scherz, or Bassett, and then with Diaz, as good as he's been, he's been the best reliever in baseball. He's been unbelievable if he continues that in the postseason. Behind those three, you got the big two. You got Bassett, who's been good. If you need to go to a fourth starter, Terry, which one would you like? Well, it's really been tough. You know, I think at the time, Mike, when when it comes down near the end, you've got to look at Carrasco and and Taiwan and see, hey, who's hot? Who's on? Who's got the hot hand right now? And the other guy can certainly go to the bullpen because they're both veteran guys. They know how to get themselves ready. They, you know, they can handle any situation. I, I think it would, you know, I know everybody's talking about David Peterson going to the bullpen and stuff. You know, that's probably what's going to happen because that's that slider can really dominate some guys. But uh, you know, you you still got to ride your veteran guys that you know have had the experience, and you just got to figure out how to get that bridge to Diaz because when when he's out there, that, that game's pretty much over. I'm telling you, he's been if he can be this good in the postseason, uh, he will be a very big figure in New York. He has been. I, I mean, I was so hard on that kid. He was so bad his first year here, and for him to be as dominant as he's been this year, he's been overwhelmingly good. I mean, he has been as good as anybody we have seen in a long, long time. Now you got to do it in the postseason. That's what you're going to get. You know, that's going to, that's what's going to count. That's what's going to be remembered. You know, you can't come in and give up a couple big home runs in the postseason. It doesn't work that way, but he has been unbelievable. The other thing I've been surprised at Terry is I'm shocked that the Grom could miss as long as he has and be as good as he is right now. I mean, it amazes me that he could hit the ground with the kind of stuff he brings to the mound every single, every single thought. Mike, that just tells you his greatness. I mean, you're talking about a guy that can absolutely change who he was, you know, two years ago or three years ago. You know, when I had him, you know, he was a two-seam guy. He He got ground balls and, you know, he had a good curveball, pretty good. And now all of a sudden he's just reinvented himself with the change in the game. He adjusted. You know, he, he he got his fastball. He started throwing more four-seam fastballs up in the strike zone. Got outs, strike strikeouts. Velocity went up, and yeah, so he's he's a key. But you got to get Max back. Max is you know that that competitiveness that he brings to that team. You know, and I think that's why you know it, it, one of the things I know uh, when I talked to Jake last week, he's got it. He, he knows this is a time of year where you know he can't be getting skipped. He's got to be out there every that fifth day you know, to get himself ready because in the playoffs, you don't have time to rest guys. You, you know, they got to be out there when you call on. And I, I, I have a lot of faith in, I think Scherzer is as big a gamer as there is in the sport. I think Scherzer, Verlander, 
those two, you know they're going to be tough. You know they're going to be gritty. I, I think I think Scherzer will be fine. I mean, I know people are worried about the injury. I think he's just smart enough to know what he can do and can't do. I think he understands what he can get away with, what he can't. I think he's as professional as any pitcher in baseball. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And when you talk to him, all he talks about is winning. That's all he talks about. You know, he, he, he'll he say, you know, you have a bad start. Hey, you got to keep your team in the game. You got to keep your team in the game. And that's the mentality he's had. And, and you don't think that spreads throughout the rest of those pitchers? I mean, it, that competitiveness, it, it all of a sudden, they go almost and compete against each other on a nightly basis. And I think Max is a, a big, big piece of that. Uh, you know, and I, I, and again, I think he is smart enough to say, look, I, you know what, I'm going to back off here. Just, you know, I'm not going to back off, but I'm going to take this time because I've really got to be ready to go when the time comes in, in postseason. It, uh, you know, he, you hate to lose this guy, but you know what, when he comes back and he'll do the same thing, Jake is, he'll be ready to go. We're talking with Terry Collins, of course, on the Mike Francesa podcast. Uh, Terry took the Mets on the magic carpet ride all the way to the World Series. You had a guy carry a team as much as anybody I had seen in a very long time that year. A guy who got hot, who came in, you know, who came in with people questioning some stuff about him, but they knew he was talented. And he put the team on his back. When did you realize that year that you had something special? When did you see in that team, you know, the way they – Gel the way you got big hits, the way guys stepped up like Murphy, etc. When did you see or feel? Was it August? Was it earlier? When did you know you had something that was going to be good in the postseason? Well, I, Mike, I really thought you know after after Sandy got Cespedes and brought a guy, he came in here, and you know here's a guy who yeah we had heard things about him, but I had talked to Jim Leland who we who was managing Detroit when where our success was. And Jim told me, and he was a great friend of mine. He said, "Get this guy." Hey, you're, you were the one who pushed that trade because Sandy didn't want it. He did not want him. The Mets didn't want him. You talked the Mets into him. Let's be honest; we all know that. Well, he, you know, Jim said, "Get this guy. He makes a difference." And you know, it was one of those things. And and you know how it is, Mike. When you know he, he assesses, you know, his contract's up, and he's got a chance to go to help a team in the play in a playoff run. And he was unbelievable. I mean, I I still play golf with him today, and and talk about how, you know, if you do to some of the injuries he had, this guy, talent-wise, tool for tool, was the best player in the game. Hey, he was carried he that do. team completely on his back. He was unbelievable. He was the best player in baseball down the stretch. I know. And, you know, we were missing David. So, you know, so the other guys, all of a sudden, again, those guys, just, everybody just kind of stepped up. You know, they knew Seth got big hit after big hit. And it took the heat off some of the other guys. It took the heat off Duda a little bit. It took the, you know, Murph is Murph. Murph's always, we knew all knew he was going to hit. But, and all of a sudden, the guys on the bench caught fire. You know, uh, Uribe and Kelly Johnson, those guys, when they, when they had their chance to play, they contributed big time. And, and so it made a huge difference in, in 15 as we got down into the playoffs. But it was sometime in August when we had, we had those six games, I think, in about nine days against the, the Nationals and won all six. But that series in Washington, when we came back three days in a row and beat those guys, that's when I knew this, this, has, this is going to be special. You know, Uribe was another guy that did really well. He was, he was a big cog. He really was. He did some very good things that year. Uh, Terry, you know, the Mets – I'm not a great offensive team. We know that. They got the two guys in the middle of the lineup. They have Marte, who's been 
shown himself to be a really good player. Nimmo's better. I always thought Nimmo was a fourth outfielder. I'm wrong. He's a little, he's better than that. If I were the Mets, what I would do is I would go to a set lineup in the postseason. I I wouldn't even platoon. I would play Marte, Nimmo, and Kenha in the outfield, and I would put Guillermo in the infield with. McNeil and obviously Alonzo and Lindor and let Escobar DH and just play that lineup straight through. Guillermo's a good gamer. He's a good fielder. He hits. He gets on base. And then you're going to need Escobar to be a a big cog in that wheel. He's a big key for them. Well, what he's doing right now is, I mean, this is, you're, you know, he's such a good guy, Mike. He's such a good guy and a great teammate. You know, so it's really nice to see him. And they say he's the most popular guy on the team. Oh, he's just, you, you should, I mean, the stuff these guys talk about what he does, he's there all the time, never gets down. He knows he's had a rough year that, you know, he hasn't hit like they wanted him to, but I'll tell you one thing, he hasn't stopped doing the other things and he's behind everybody and for him to get hot right now. And you're right. I think in the postseason, you know, you don't want to do a lot of juggling and Buck knows that. I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the best in the game. He knows he's going to get down. Oh, what he does right now is he's trying to make sure everybody has enough rest. You know, he's had a tough time with, with your being out. He's had a tough time getting Lindor some time off, you know? And so it's, it's, it's really been, he's done. I thought he's done a great job, but yeah, I think when it comes to playoff time, I think you're absolutely right. I think they've got to kind of set it on one team and, and go with it. Yeah, and I think Escobar becomes a big key because he can be a guy who can drive in big runs. Plus, I think Marte has shown you, watching him play all year, he's a good baseball player. He's a very solid player in every area. There's, he really doesn't have a weakness in his game. He, he does not. He's got power. You know, <clears throat> you know he, even though – and he's fought this leg injury that he's had all year long. I mean, you know, he, he's smart enough to know, hey, look, you know, I don't have to grind. I don't have to beat this ball out. But I'll tell you what, if he hits a ground ball that's, that could be a hit, he's going to get a hit. And that's what he does. He's brought you – know, and to go to right field, and people don't understand, right field and city field is a tough place to play. You know, the fences are kind of different out there. The sun sets in day games right in your face. Uh, and he's gone gone out to right field and played brilliantly out there. Yeah, they need to get him back. Yeah, no, he's a very he's been a very very solid player all year. And I got to give Nimmo credit. Like I said, I didn't think Nimmo was that good. I thought Nimmo was a fourth outfielder, and he's made himself a good everyday player. He's better defensively. He's showed a little pop. You know, he hustles like crazy. I mean, so he's he's a little better player than I thought he was. Absolutely. You know, when I first saw him and, you know, when he was coming up and, you know, I read reports and I go watch him play in the instructional leagues and, and, you know, bring him over to watch him. And I thought the same thing. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know if this guy's going to hit for any power. He's a, was a line drive kind of guy, even though he was a good runner, he wasn't necessarily a base stealer kind of guy, but he has gone out and put the work in and become a very, very good outfielder. He is, he plays hard. He's Big, you know, he's a. I, I think leading off. I thought I at the beginning of the year. I thought they were going to lead off Marte, and all you know, all Brandon has done is gone out there and, and gets on base and battles at bats and fights off pitches. And you know, you look up when you're hitting second and third. This guy, he sees every pitch. He the sees a lot got. of pitches. And, and, he really in, does. In the first that, at bat. Yeah, yeah. He, he really does. He he does. He sees a ton of pitches. And and that's very very good you know work account and work of guys you want to get in that bullpen as fast as you can get a starter, get some pitching on him he really does he works counts like crazy, you know that was the one thing for years Mike the Yankees were the best at oh they, they were saw great at so it. The, the great pitches. Yankee teams were unbelievable they made pitches see they they work so, accounts 
up and down the lineup, every one of them, O'Neal, Bernie Williams, every one of them worked counts like crazy. And, and they did. And, you know, you're, you're starting – you started – if you were a starting pitcher and you faced them back then, I mean, you had 95 pitches in the fourth or fifth inning. It was incredible. And so they're getting – they were getting into the team's bullpens. And I'm going to tell you, that's what changed the game to where all of a sudden bullpens were so important because those teams back then, you know, they beat up your starter. And then not so they got a lot of runs on, but you know, they got them out of the game early. So now you had, you had to strengthen your bullpen. And, and, and that, I think that's Brandon falls, right. He could have played on those teams. He falls right into that mold. No, I, I totally agree. We're talking with Terry Collins, you know, the national league's loaded. Let's be honest. The Dodgers have had, I mean, an overwhelming season. I mean, they really have, I mean, they're, they're, they're in cruise control, They've they've already won ninety seven games. They're gonna win a hundred and seven, a hundred and eight, a hundred and ten. Who the heck knows? You know, they're they're twenty games up. They've outscored their opponents by three hundred and twenty runs. I mean, uh but I don't think their pitching is good enough for them to be considered to be just overwhelming in the playoffs where they can't be beat because, you know, I'm not so sure their pitching's as locked down as you would think it was when you look at their record. I agree, Mike. I agree. And you know, the other, you know, they, they are, they are a great team. They really, but you know what they do? They beat up everybody's third and fourth starters. They don't lose those games, but when you face, you know, in the match, so when they played them, you know, when you run that, you're really good pitching out there, it's going to shut their offense down a little bit. So they, you know, you've, what you've got to do is figure out how to get some runs against their staff. And, and again, without, you know, if, if Clayton's, you know, if he's, He's run into some dude of all the bullets he's used over his career. You know, if he's not 100% and, you know, some of the other guys, I think they're, you can get to those guys a little bit. And so, you know, I think the Mets certainly have the team that if they ever run up against them, you know, their pitching may dominate that lineup. And the Cardinals are ageless, man. I tell you, some of those old guys are unbelievable. They really are. And look at what <laughs> yeah. Montgomery's done. That trade had everybody scratching their head from the beginning, and Montgomery's been unbelievable what he's done for the Cardinals, and he he gives it all the credit to Molina. So, I mean, just to show you the impact a, a veteran catcher can have, I mean, he says, hey, Molina's changed everything for me. You know, Mike, and he has. He, you know, he's one of the fun guys to watch, and everybody, everybody always says, you don't, you don't, you don't ever see anybody shake off Molina. I mean, they get the ball, they get on the mound, he puts a number down and they throw it. You know, but I, I'm going to tell you what, Adam Wainwright's another key for uh, for Montgomery. You know, he learned the trade from Chris Carpenter. And those guys, I mean, they they are great teammates. They are helpful. They help each other. They talk. You know, they started, they were the first guys to ever, when when a guy was thrown inside on, in the bullpen, all the starters were out there watching. And, and so in game, you know, they all had an idea of what, you know, how the guy, what his delivery was like. And if, so if you start, if you start to fade, they fixed it on the bench. You didn't have to go and watch a video the next day. They get it done mid game. And we saw last year during that 20 game stretch where they were so hot, you know, how good their offense could be when you've got, you know, uh, Arenado and, and Goldschmidt back to back and the, what they're, what they're doing right now. I mean, they can be a dangerous team. And they're a great organization, as you just said, <laughs> from peer leadership to everything else, because he was heartbroken when he, when he left the Yankees. He was devastated. He was shocked by the trade. I said, you know what? In three weeks, he'll be saying, Where, I, why haven't I been on the Cardinals all my life? The Cardinals <laughs> are one of those teams. I never heard a guy ever go to St. Louis and not love it. And, and no baseball player. Their fans are great. The organization's 
top draw. They they know how to teach. They know how to do everything. They're first class. I've never heard a player not like going to the Cardinals. I know, Mike, you're right. And you, you'd be shocked about how many guys stay and when they're done with their careers, they stay there. I mean, they, they, you know, they moved to St. Louis, and next thing you know, you, five years after they're retired, they're still living in the area. It's, you know, it's the Midwest mentality. It's those fans. We used to say for, you know, as, as the opponents going in there, you know, they're, they're, the families get home from work, and they all take a shower and put their red shirts on and go to the ballpark. And, <laughs> it's and, true. And then you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a comfortable place to play. I've never heard anybody say, oh, I hated my time with the Cardinals. Everybody loves the Cardinals. And it's, you know, the fans are so good. They just cheer. If you're and you're an opponent and you do something good in St. Louis, they'll give you a standing ovation walking off the field. I mean, it's just incredible. You know, you see guys that, you know, become free agents in some places and leave. And, you know, sometimes they'll return and not have a, you know, a very good welcome back. But you look what they did with when Pujols came back after all those years when the Amazing. went in there. They gave him a standing ovation, five minutes standing ovation in his first at bat. So, and so of course he's going to end up with this going back to finish his career in St. Louis. But it it is a special place. It and they really do a great is, job. And, and the team has played great. I mean, as, as they usually do, they're always a dangerous franchise. And I'll tell you, Atlanta, which has been nipping at the Mets' heels now for months, they and obviously we know how good they can be. That team is a very dangerous team. Uh, you cannot take that team lightly. That team is really talented. They, they, they are talented. And you talk about, I mean, look at their young talent they've got. And so when people talk about minor league systems and stuff, and, you know, some places don't really have the finances to, to really hit the free agent market. So you better produce team, you better produce young, young talent and look what the Braves have done with their young talent. And I give them credit for the, you know, the, the, that time when they made a lot of trades and, and try to build up their minor league system, they did it. So you got to credit their scouting and their player development people because they have ridden their young talent to where they are right now. We're talking with Terry Collins, the former Met manager. Obviously, you see him on the Met games and the post games and everything else. I know you don't get to see the Yankees that much, but what a strange year huh? to have a team play as well as they did for so long and then play the worst 50 games the Yankees have played from the since the days of the early 90s when they were losing 95 games with Stump Merrill. I mean, the Yankees hadn't had a run like that. They, the other day, were 22 and 34 in their last 56 games. The Yankees, I mean, it has been nightmarish for them over the last third of a season. Well, and I, Mike, and you're right. And you just don't expect that from them. Their start, what they were doing in the beginning of the season, I mean, they were on pace, record pace for, you know, some of the, the greatest Yankee teams ever. Yep. But, uh, you know, and it tells you, you've got to have your good players play well. And and the guy on the top of that lineup, I used to sit and watch, I'd watch the, you know, if I'd watch a Yankee game or I'd watch the next day, I was amazed that other teams would pitch to Aaron Judge. I couldn't believe it. You can't. I, I just, I, I've seen guys come in where the Yankees have had guys. They didn't have one guy who was hitting 200 in the last two weeks in the lineup other than Judge, and they still and Judge gets, gets a pitch to hit out of the park in the first inning. I, I'm like, what are you guys I, doing? Why would you ever pitch to this guy? <laughs> Mike, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many nights I would sit there and just shake my head and thinking, why are you pitching to this guy? And, and they do. It's a, it, Really, it's amazing. I mean, we, we know that when Roger Maris hit 61 homers, he never got an intentional pass. Yeah, he had Mickey Mantle behind him. I understand <laughs> that. I mean, you, you're not going to pitch to Mickey Mantle. He's one of the best players of all time. But, you know, with the Yankees, they have had nothing but automatic outs and injuries and, and kids come up who couldn't hit a lick. And, you know, and Hicks has been a disaster. And, oh, my God, it, one after another. And they, uh, you know, it, it's been 
it's unbel- It's been the most anemic Yankee lineup I've seen in in decades, as a matter of fact. And they still throw to Judge, though he seems to get his pitch to hit out of the park every night. Uh, uh, yeah, well, it, you know when when Stanton was swinging like he can, like he's like he, everybody knows he has the ability to do. That's when they were red hot because now, just like you said, Judge is protected. They got him hitting behind him, and you know he can. He's as dangerous as anybody when he's swinging well. So, but when you know when he when he got hurt or got cold. I just am shocked about how many times I look up and Aaron Judge is, gets a hit in the ninth inning to win the game. I'm sorry, you get the guy behind me. Guy behind him is going to have to beat me. I totally I mean, agree. I, and Torres is a good late inning hitter. That's one thing about him. Oh, and he's had yeah. a, a terrible. He's gotten hot the last couple of days, but he's had a terrible second half. But he's always been very good late games of late game situations. That's one thing he's been very good at, even though he's been not been the player we all thought he would be. But I tell you, he's going to have to beat me, too. I'm not letting Judge beat me ever with that lineup the way it is now. Oh, and, never. You know, and a never. lot of these veterans, I don't know if they're going to get guys back. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, they've lost a bunch of guys. And, and you know, that I don't see the, a lot. Some of them aren't coming back. Yeah, I mean, DJ LeMahieu is a, was one of the best offensive players in the game. And if you don't get him back, yep. that's and a Rizzo, big that's you a know, big need hole. to have Rizzo, him healthy. Benitenzi's gone. Yep. You know, Carpenter's gone. I mean, so it, it's going to be tough. And and the kids they've brought up, a couple of them have been okay defensively. They have not hit. Let's be. They have not hit at all. The kids they have brought up have not been good offensive players. Well, that and that's why, Mike. You got to be this time of year. You know, like I said, you know, in certain places, you know, you bring kids up, and they, you know, there's really not a lot of lot of pressure on them. They're just hey, go play, go have some fun. When you play in New York, you know what? You got to produce. You, I'm sorry, that's just part of the part of the makeup. You know what? You and I, I used to say it in my post game. Hey, look, I don't care what the name on the backs is. You know, you're in the big leagues. In the front of that jersey, you've got to come up in in that city, and you've got to get the job done. And and, and so some you bring some of these young guys up, and if they're just trying to learn on a job, they're not going to they're going to have a tough time succeeding because teams come to the city in New York and they want to beat those teams. This is the biggest stage in baseball, and every night those other teams they love to beat New York teams. You know, Houston is American League's not as anywhere near as strong as the National this year, but Houston Houston's going to be very tough. They are going to be very hard to handle. You know, I give the Yankees a punch's chance, but. They, the Yankees are not strong in the bullpen now. I, I, they don't really have a closer because Holmes is he's lost it a little bit since he had that overwhelming stretch. He has not gotten back there. He's been, you know, had trouble finding that magic again. You can't trust Chapman. They just don't, you know, and they so used to having a great closer. They just don't have a big closer right now. Well, they've done a good job in Houston. You know, they've again they've built that bullpen up. Yep. They're starting rotation. You know, <clears throat> they're they may not have big names outside of Verlander. But you know what they do? They go out and give you quality innings. Yeah, they, they're dangerous. They, they got a very, Houston's a very good club. I mean, they're the best team in the American League by, I think, a wide margin. I, I mean, I think they got to be a heavy favorite in the American League. You know, Seattle's oh, not is a dangerous team. You know, any team that, that with, with uh, you know, Cleveland, anytime Francona's around, you got to watch them. But to me, uh, I think Houston has got to be a heavy favorite in the American League. I do, too. And I give a lot of credit to Dusty. You know, he went in there in a tough situation, and he's just settled everything down. And, and you know, they've done a great job over there. They've really – some of their young players have come up and, and performed well. They're going to miss Brantley, I'll tell you that. He's – you know, he was a big part. But, uh, you know, it's going to be fun, and that's why September – and I, and I – 
continue to I love September baseball because every night is a big game. I don't care who you're playing. You know, when you're in a pennant race, there's excitement going to the ballpark. You get up in the morning the next day and you, you can't forget about what happened yesterday because you got another big game tonight. And that's why I love September. You know, and 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 it's interesting because, you know, in, in September, you just you don't know what guys are going to mail it in. Some guys are. And then you got a lot of like you said, you get a lot of kids come up and they're trying to, you know, make their way to the major leagues. And, you know, they come up and they hit in September and good looking pitches and some power and some different things. And you just don't know who's in that lineup day to day. You really don't on some of these bad teams. That's right. And, you know, that's for years, Mike. That's why everybody scouts used to tell you, listen. Don't get caught up in September or in March, you know, in spring training, because, you know, in September, they used to bring up all those young guys and nobody had any reports on them. And so, you know, it's a little different today. You've got videos now throughout, throughout this, everybody's system you've got, but it's, so, so these guys come up and they, you know, they attack, they don't, you know, and one of the things about in the minor leagues, you know, they don't work counts like they do in the big leagues. You know, they, you see guys all the time, take a fastball right down the middle in the, in the minor leagues, they're charging, you know, they're, and so that they come up in the big leagues and these guys are around the plate and they're and, and that he was, we know that swinging bats can be dangerous if you make contact. And so young players in September can be really tough to play against certain teams. And fortunately they've kept it down to where you can't have, you know, 20 guys sitting on your bench anymore, but uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, you know, it's like right now you're playing the Cubs. You got the Pirates coming in. Hey, listen, those guys are playing for jobs. Absolutely. A lot of those guys are playing for jobs. And, so and they got some important. good kids. I mean, you know, the yeah, Pirates got a couple of good looking young kids. They did when they, last week, they had a couple of, and same, you know, they're going to play these kids and these kids are they're hungry. There's no question. Also, yep. there's so many kids now that come up and throw 100 miles an hour. It's crazy. You see these guys oh, come out of the nuts. pen. You don't even know who the guy is, and the guy's throwing 101, 102, 102, 101. You're like, <laughs> where does this come from? I mean, there's so many guys that can – it's like 100 isn't even a big deal anymore. It's not a big deal anymore. It's not. Every bullpen was like that. You know, they, they come out, and, and somebody's throwing 95, 96. But you know what? One thing about we see from the hitters, you know, you can throw that hard, but you better make some pitches. Because I've seen some guys and thinking, God, how do you hit this guy? And they, and they continually get get a good pitch to hit. And and these guys are so – these offensive players are so big and strong, they're going to do damage, man. And so you've still got to make some – that's where, that's why Jake's so good. I mean, just watch him. Watch him throw that 94-mile-an-hour slider, and he just dots it on the outside corner. It's it's incredible. And, and Diaz does the same thing. Those are the guys that are great. And so, But, you know, you I, I just think it's fun to watch – the, the development about some of these young guys that keeps our game alive. And, and, and I applaud every, all these teams that have, you know, bring up these young players that, and give them an opportunity to play. And, you know, I got to give Lindor some credit. You know, he's another guy that, you know, New York can be very hard on people uh, when you come here, especially when you get a contract like he got, especially when you're a little flamboyant like he is, and they're going to expect a lot out of that player. But I'll tell you something, if you got a shortstop who plays every day, and is going to hit 25-plus home runs and knock in 100 runs playing shortstop every day. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, Mike, I'm going to give a lot of credit to Buck. You know, he came in here, and, you know, I, I know last year when Francisco came, they kind of said, okay, you're the star now. It's all yours. And, you know, he, he thought he had to be this clubhouse leader kind of guy. And you know what? Once in a while, you just lead by example. And that's what he's done this year. He's gone out. He's played every day. He plays hard. 
He's gotten big hits. He's relaxed because he doesn't have to worry about a lot of the little things. Buck's taking care of that stuff. And look, I'll handle, you know, I'll take care of some of the clubhouse stuff and, you know, bringing in some veteran guys like Scherzer, like Bassett. I mean, I, I was on the bus the other day and they get on and they're still talking baseball. You know, 45 minutes after the game's over, they're talking about deliveries and pitches that they should have made or could have made, somebody else could have made. And so that that kind of stuff just takes a little bit of the pressure off Francisco. And now that I'm sure Buck told him in spring training, you go play shortstop every day and do what you do what you can do it, and we'll, we'll you know I'll handle all the other little stuff. You know that's and true. You, for, you forget how important that is, and that's what a veteran manager, whether it's you or a Tory or a Buck, brings is that you know how to deal with this stuff, and just setting that kind of tone is very important. Buck has set a very professional tone with that team this year. You can see that. They went back to doing the little things. They went back to playing baseball the right way and, and being disciplined, and you can see that he's the leader. It's you, know, you can always tell when the manager's in control of his team and when he's not. You can see when a team looks splinted and when one guy's in charge. You can, it, it really... It it's it jumps out at you with a baseball team when you see that, Mike. It, they are so fun to watch, you know. And I, and I, I when I used to manage, you know, you in your interviews, you they they'd ask you what your philosophy is, and I used to say, you know, one of the things I always wanted to have happen is when a, a father would bring his son to a game and watch a team that I managed when he left the stadium, say to his son, "That's how you're supposed to play." And that's exactly what I say nightly when I watch the Mets, and I give all the credit to Buck for doing it. They do play the game the right way. They run the bases better than I've seen them run in years. Uh, they're, they're always aggressive. Joey Coors, you know, he's, look, when you're on base, you better be ready because he wants to score you. You know, and, and I just think he's done a wonderful job. He's he's worked the bullpen. Dave Wallace, who's a great friend of mine who was Buck's pitching coach in Baltimore, said, yep. wait till you see this guy run a bullpen. He said, Terry, at the end of the year, nobody's tired. He said, and, and that's what he's done. And, and so they, when they get into the postseason, they're going to have the most rested bullpen in baseball. You watch. You know, Buck was the first guy that ever mentioned to me, you don't understand how much it takes out of a reliever when you get him up and don't use him. And people don't pay attention to that. He even charts that because that, the, he always thought that was very important. That's the kind of things that the, the attention to detail. Buck has always been criticized for being too attentive to detail. But you know what? That pays off with a manager. It really does. Well, sure. You know, again, you know, when you're a player and you get to the ballpark, you know that the guy in that one office down there, he's prepared. He's prepared that he's ready to run the game. And that's what Buck does. You know, we used to keep chart. I used to say in our, in our bullpen, if you get a guy up twice and he because they're, they're going to throw 30, 40 pitches warming up in the bullpen yep. and you don't get him in a game. He's done the next night. You know, it's just like getting in a game and throwing 30 pitches in a game. So, you know, you got to rest him. So you've got to keep – and he does that. And he, But his communicative skills of going to talking to guys and, 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 and saying, hey, look, you know, and he, I was talking to him the other day, you know, and this is where I, one of the things I really like about Lindor. He's been telling me, hey, look, I, I'm trying to get you a day off. And, and Francis said, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. And yet when he gets the opportunity, even if it's a couple innings, he gets them out of there. I like and, and, that. I, I got to give Lindor a lot of credit. You know what? I like guys who play every day, and you don't see it that much more in baseball. And the Mets' two stars, Alonzo and, and Lindor, they have played every day all year. They, they, they don't take it. time off. They've carried. You know, every time they come up, it's a big at bat. They, they, they have it on their shoulders. And to have two guys in the middle of the lineup playing every day and knocking in runs the way those two have knocked in runs this year, very impressive. It really is. And, and that's why they're sitting where they're sitting. 
I mean, and, and it goes, so again, it's just, it's it, it, the combination of everybody involved, starting with Billy, got to go to the top and starting with Billy, he's brought in the right guys. He's tried to make some changes to help the ball club. You know, sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. We all understand that's, that's part of the game, but it's, they haven't, they haven't stopped trying. They haven't stopped working. And, and I know Buck and when the season's over, he's going to be exhausted, but he, you know, each and every day he gets himself ready to ready to manage the team, and those players know that. And that's why during the game, watching, and he's always there's always a player standing next to him talking about something. If you ever, even when you watch the game, so that that tells you the relationship he has with these guys. Do you see in Degrom Terry that there's enough there for him to be the dominant figure and to go out there and give them a hundred, a hundred and ten pitches in big games come the postseason? That there's enough in the tank for him this year to to push him a little bit. Well, we all know one thing about Jake, and, you know, he knows how to get through those games. He's done it before. You know, he did it before he threw 100. But, you know, one of the things I think that they're looking at is, hey, look, we're going we're gonna to take this guy gradually along the way, and when we get to the postseason, you know, we don't, we're not going to have to worry about him throwing 110 pitches. They, they're just building him up like they should, and, you know, he gives them – because he's so good, he gives them seven innings and 95 pitches or eight innings and 95 pitches. And, and you all of a sudden in that postseason, and again, Mike, that adrenaline, when that postseason comes around and, you, you know, you're wearing a different jersey with a patch on it, says post, and that adrenaline starts flowing and that's going to get you that extra 15 pitches. His innings are so easy. It is scary. I mean, they are, they are so dominant. It is unbelievable. He goes through innings where he might throw two balls or three balls in the whole inning. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable watching what he's done. And you know, I was talking about you know his injuries and stuff. And you know what? He just he said, "Hey, look, I'm you know I, I'm getting get get back." And they all talk about October. Jake's you know Jake said the other day, he goes, "Look, Terry, right now I just want to make sure I'm ready in October. Just want to make sure I'm ready in October." And that's <laughs> those are, those are big, man. If you and have when, the Grom Scherzer and then Diaz in the pen. You can't go into the postseason better equipped than that. I mean, that's that's three of maybe three of the four or five best arms in all of baseball. In all of baseball. And, you know, that I, I've said it forever. You know, you might get tonight. You might get Scherzer tonight, but you got Jake tomorrow. You're not you're not beating both those guys. So you're going you know, to and if the first guy beats you, the next guy, he, again, that because of that competitiveness inside those guys, that next guy, you may not get a hit. So it, it, I just can't wait to, to see what happens here down the road. But, you know, like you said, we've got a long way to go yet. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it because there's only 20 games left. But uh, those games become tough to win. And that series that they have in Atlanta, that's going to be I'm going to I'm going to just spend some time and make sure I'm up there for that one. Do you see do, do, what do you think about the dynamic between the two of them? Uh, do you let them? work that out i mean is there is there a little bit of a hey you know you got two kings of the hill on the same team it's very unusual to have two guys who are legitimate top of the rotation superstar pitchers on the same team that are on the same exact level that usually doesn't happen how about having two of those well that's you don't find it It, and that's why it's amazing what, what they've done with those two guys but they're two completely different personalities and that's why there's, you're not going to have a big clash of personalities. Jake's, you know, he's so much more laid back. He always has been. You know, Max is go, go, go. But they both know how to prepare for them for a game. They, they're always behind each other. They're always talking about, 
Hey, this is what I do. You know, Jake used to ask those questions all the time when he was coming up as a young guy to, you know, to some of the older guys. Hey, look, what, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? Well, now, he, now he's got one of the best in the game who is, prepares as good as anybody. And so they share information. And, but, you know, Jake's going to be Jake. He's not going to get caught up in a lot of the stuff. And, you know, he goes out and does what he does, and, and Max does it his way. And I think it's a great blend. Shows you how you just don't know. You know, you would have thought Harvey would have been having DeGrom's career. You know, if he had had a pick, he would have been the guy you would have thought in the organization was going to have that superstar career. And it turns out to be DeGrom who has the superstar career. Well, yeah, that's going to, you know, Matt's going to go down in my mind is one of my, you know, biggest disappointments. Hey, because that, listen, it, that's it, not on you. That's on him. You know that you guys did everything, yeah. especially you did everything you could possibly do with the guy. I mean, you, well, you know, listen, he, he, he knows he, he made his own bed. Yeah, he was he and there was two years. He was the best in the game. I don't you can pick out anybody. You could put, pick up Scherzer. I agree. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable. His stuff, I mean, I told you at one time, Carlos Beltran, who was one of the best players in the game, said the toughest guy he's ever faced was Matt Harvey. How about and that, that spoke volumes. Yeah, it was big. Really? Well, listen, thanks very much, Terry. Keep up the okay, good work. Uh, enjoy it down the stretch. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Okay, I'll see you soon, I hope. Take Thank care. you, Terry. Terry Collins, right. back after this. You're listening to the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. So as we head a little deeper into September here, uh, both teams continue to have things to play for. The Yankees have opened up enough of a margin now to be a little comfortable. The Mets is going to be right to the finish as far as not making the playoffs, but winning that division, which is a big advantage this year, the way the playoffs shake out. So uh, it's a lot to play for day in day out and that's what you want you got exciting september baseball and you already have both teams having punched their tickets for october and uh, it should be a lot of fun around here in the weeks to come we'll talk to you uh, down the road thanks for listening to the mike francesa podcast on the bet rivers network hey it's mike miss here what a time to be a philly sports fan and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.